This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We're going to be friends with Ed Egras. He is the newest member of the BetQL Daily Team. Of course, weekdays from 9 to noon in the East. Follow him on Twitter at Ed with Sports. Ed, good morning to you. And first of all, I just want to know a little bit of your background because... I know everyone's excited to have you as a part of the network and certainly a part of the show, but how did you sort of get into this space? Well, it's interesting because just like Chelsea, I was a local sports reporter growing up and bouncing around from market to market and eventually made my way to Dallas. And one of the things that I noticed as I was bouncing around from place to place was this idea that sports teams, athletes, whatever, they're embracing data and analytics a good bit more. And I had a background uh, at SMU where I went to college in statistical economics. And so I thought, okay, this is interesting that sports is sort of going towards this direction that I know a good bit about, but it's hard to talk about, say, in local television where you have just two minutes, two and a half minutes for a sports cast. And then you got to talk about, you know, everything else instead of, you know, strategy, game theory, all this good stuff. And so eventually I thought, well, there's got to be a way to talk about this in the mainstream. And I found betting as one of the great places in which to do that. So I learned a lot about it, embraced it wholeheartedly. uh, And then one thing led to another, you know, had some other uh, betting gigs on the side, ultimately uh, found my way to doing betting broadcasting as well as sports analytic broadcasting as well. Found my way to Los Angeles and here I am and uh, having a fantastic first week here. Here's my question for you. Stats and numbers and trends and analytics aren't always the most interesting things to talk about, but you also are a college professor, so I'm sure you have found ways to kind of slide these in and make them interesting, because I think that's got to be a challenge, right? When you're doing like these type of shows, when you have like casual betters, how do you make those numbers interesting to people who are not numbers people? I think what you have to do is find that trend that either makes intuitive sense or makes you think a little bit. And so if you're if you're talking about, say, football and I come in and say, well, running backs don't matter. Well, that's a pretty bold, perhaps even controversial statement to make. But then you have to break down why you feel that way. Well, all running backs are, for the most part, really, really good. And so the number one running back and the 15th rated running back, there's not that big of a difference. And so why would you pay someone that much more when you're going to have those law of diminishing returns, so to speak? So you have to start with some trend, some idea, some concept that may be a little bit hard to hear, but once you break it down with numbers and you do it in a way where you're not overwhelming people with equations and Greek letters and all that good stuff, then I think it's a lot easier to digest and then you can have a real conversation. We're talking with Ed Egrath, newest member of the BetQL Daily team, weekdays from 9 to noon in the East. Again, follow him on Twitter at Ed with Sports. So, Ed, I always think it's fascinating when you 
when you talk to different people about their process or the processes that they use to sort of come up with the numbers or the bets that they're going to make. So for you, for someone who is so numbers oriented, how do you use that but not kind of get lost in the numbers and and go through the whole paralysis by analysis? Because as I don't have to tell you, having studied that, you can just go on and on and on with numbers until, you know, till the end of time. You can. And this is one of the re main reasons why it's helpful to, and this is a basic statistical concept. It's knowing mm -hmm. what's important, what's significant, and what isn't significant. If you, say, are dissecting a baseball game or, you know, a pitcher and figuring out, you know, how good are they? What, what are their qualities? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Whatever. Well, there are a lot of rabbit holes that you can go down. And ultimately, you may get less information or you may go down the wrong rabbit hole and get incorrect information. So it's important whenever you're looking at these things to figure out what matters, what doesn't matter. And you do that through statistical approaches. You look at forecasts and say, OK, well, this trend does matter because we've looked at other time series. We've looked at other situations and it's the most predictive or this is the least predictive. So like BAPIP, for instance, in baseball, your batting average on balls in play. It is not a predictive stat because it can be really, really good one season or one series and then really, really bad the following series the following season. And so if you have something that isn't predictive, then it's important not to stress that too much. And that's the whole point of this uh, exercise really is making sure that you know what matters what's significant and then talking about those things and not boring everyone else with stuff that isn't predictive that isn't going to tell you very much going forward well and also I think sample size matters because that's my question about baseball at what point in the season do you think these trends are relevant because right now we have some teams that have like some hot trends like look at the Rays they have won every game, and they've covered the run line in every single game. But we're only six games into the season. So I wouldn't say that's a relative sample size. How much is a sample size in baseball, which is kind of a long-form sport, where you look at a trend and you say, hey, this is something? Well, and it's not just sample size when you're talking about the Rays. It's also the fact you have to look at who they played. And that also matters a great mm -hmm. deal. And, you know, with baseball, it's interesting because even though it is a 162 game season, if you look at approaches in terms of how large a season should be in terms of determining a true winner, actually, it should be more like a thousand games. And so even then, uh, the sample size could stand to be a, a good bit bigger. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the truth is if you really want to find out who the best team in baseball is, you can actually get hot enough through 162 games and actually fool everybody and maybe your overall quality had you played another 162 wouldn't be as strong. So it's, it is a tricky deal in terms of sample size. So you kind of work with what you have, but at the same time, if, if there are extenuating factors that, that are explainable and you sort of break things down into things that do have larger sample sizes, like pitches at bats, whatever it is, then you come across something that is a little bit more accurate. So, Ed, based on your experience, and everyone has their own likes and dislikes and strengths and weaknesses, what is the one sport or one area in which you feel like, God, I, this, is always, this is always a struggle for me relative to, like, the other things I bet on? So, uh, typically, that'll involve sports where there's not as much data as, say, other things. Mm -hmm. And this actually goes back to our Masters conversation because live golf players, if, if you try and look up, say, strokes gain numbers, you're not going to find them when it comes to the live tour, all you're really going to get are results, scores, and, and, you know, the mm -hmm. courses that they play on. And those aren't courses that say the PGA tour, you know, has a lot of history with. 
And so there is an example where, say, you know, when I'm looking at the Masters, I'm really, really apprehensive when it comes to live tour guys. And it's not necessarily because they're any good. I mean, I think Brooks Kepka is really good. I think Dustin Johnson is really yeah. good. It's just I don't know what the recent form is. I don't have data that I can point to to say, okay, these are the reasons why I think they can perform well this weekend. All I have are results, and results are very much clouded in uncertainty because of strength of schedule, the course you're playing, who you're going up against, the fact that you're playing one fewer round than, say, you know, a four-round major. Yeah. So any of those situations where there's not data to play with, that's probably when I'm not at my best. If you're looking at sports in general, uh, boxing and UFC, uh, you know, mixed martial arts, I think those sports are probably a little bit tougher for me because I don't necessarily have data that I can point to to say, okay, if you're looking at punches over expected or kicks over expected, then this is the fighter I want to go with. That's not really readily available. And so those are probably sports where I'm not at my best. So where do you factor in the other factors? Because sports are amazing and fascinating to watch because not every game is decided on paper. And I think that's where maybe you can find some edges over the sports books because the problem is the sports books usually have all of the same numbers that we do. So where are those edges and, you know, how do you find them? And, and that's a great point. And that's the thing is that if, we, you know, I can build a model and it can be a good model, but the sports books, uh, sometimes they have data that maybe I don't have access to. Maybe their models are a little bit more sophisticated. Maybe they have an army of people putting together a particular line. And so it, it, it can be a challenge when it comes to sort of fighting fire with fire, so to speak. But there's always some advanced statistic or maybe some new approach analytically that you can find that maybe does give you an edge. And that's the deal is you have to constantly reinvent yourself. You have to constantly evolve. You can't just settle and say like with football, for instance, and say, all right, expected points added. That's going to be the metric that we're going to use forever and ever and ever in terms of determining the best football players, the best teams, whatever. No, you have to constantly update your models and become more sophisticated and evolve. When you do that and you're always trying to find that next step, I think that's where you can find your edge. Before we let you go, how do you deal with a cold streak? Happens to the best of us. I'm not putting any negative juju on you, but how do you handle that mentally? Do you just are you one of those people which I admire who who is able to say, "Who cares? It's betting. It happens." Or do you take it more personally? Excessive drinking is how I solve cold streak. No, I'm kidding. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we like that. We like that on the show. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We encourage. That's it. good. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you uh, condone that good behavior. Uh, no, it's 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 one of those deals where uh, how do I handle a cold streak? I think it's the same way everybody else does. It's it's understanding yeah. that look, your process may still be really good. It may be sound, but you know that's that's the deal with statistics. So one of the the lessons that I learned at, you know from other stat professors is if you flip a coin heads or tails, 100 times, you're not going to get heads, tails, heads, tails, heads, tails. No, you're going to have a streak of three tails, five heads, six tails, because that's just the nature of statistics. At some point, yeah, 50-50 shot in a vacuum, but you're going to get those streaks. Sure. And so you just have to understand and, and be okay with the fact that at some point, you're going to lose a few in a row, you're going to win a few in a row. And don't get too high when you get those wins, don't get too low when you get those lows. Be consistent, trust your process, always evolve then you should be in good shape. I think that's great advice. And we look forward to hearing your great work on BetQL Daily. It is Ed Egros. Also, again, follow him on Twitter at Ed with Sports. Ed, great meeting you. Have a great time on the show. And thanks for being with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. 
For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.